Is that what I'm saying? Rough Trade Radio. 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 What's that? Hello and welcome to Rough Trade Radio's shoplifting podcast with me, Ben Monaghan. It's a pleasure to be joined in the studio today uh, with two members of Shame. Hello. Hello. Um, so, if you'd like to introduce yourselves. Hey, I'm Josh. <laughs> I play bass. I'm Charlie Forbes and I play the drums. Sweet. Well, uh, yeah, thanks so much for coming in uh, today, lads. It's, really, uh, our, our pleasure. Yeah, it's our pleasure to be. Rough Trade's January album of the month. Yeah. Um, your debut album, Songs of Praise, out now, or when this goes out, on, uh, on Dead Oceans. Um, how's it feel to finally have your debut album out there? Big relief. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know, like, we've been playing for three years and always, like, I don't know, doing loads of shows and it's just kind of, it's just so great to finally, like, have something out. Have, like, a full, like, body of work and be like, this is what we've been doing. And it's, it's like, deal, it's a good to show your yeah. parents as well because you've got actual proof that you've actually been doing <laughs> stuff for the last few years. Yeah. yeah. Now, here, I've actually done it. Yeah. But... Yeah, relief and gets excited to just move on with these songs and start writing new ones for yeah, the next record. Looking to the future, looking yeah. straight to the future. No, we're already yeah. Already so it's been three three years, you guys together. Then. Uh, three and a half now. Yeah, yeah. So you're like a family. I mean, uh, yeah. Of sorts. <laughs> Sadly, a, a dysfunctional family at that. You know, that's that's, that's a good the one with good family. That's most morals. families, but a yeah, we we've known each other for a long time though, so it's kind of it. Molded quite nicely when we <coughs> came together. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's an incredible record, honestly. It really is. And uh, we, we were just me- mentioning, you know, it's it kind of uh, we we first met back in November two thousand and sixteen. We did um, for the when you performed as part of the Rough Trade fortieth anniversary shows. I remember the day well. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was I mean, it was a fucking immense show at the time, and that's oh, that's going back you. over a year, and and you know, it's it's really turned a lot now. of heads. But uh, but yeah, it's a long time, and a lot has happened. A lot, a lot has that happened. was that was actually the day the label we signed to first came down to see us. Wow! So it's a good day in the history books for sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I mean, that the the year since then, I mean, from what I can see, you've been across yeah. Europe and the US. Well, yeah, because it's and... weird. That was kind of like a marking point. Yeah. We went straight to like Pitchfork Paris from there, and that was still to this day we had played to like five thousand people, which is like above and beyond like what we ever thought we'd do. And then nice. from there, it was kind of when we did that, we were like, this is kind of the point in which... That know. was, yeah, that little, uh, Things that little changed. period was yeah. a little... There's a step up. We did the Pitchfork Paris, and we did our first TV show on live on TV in Paris. In Paris. Uh, Le, Grand, Le Grand Journal. That must have been weird. It was it weird. Was it was very weird. Weird, yeah, like, I know. Is there a translator with you? Or is, uh, nope. No. It's just no translator. <laughs> yeah, just subtitles. We were just standing there, like, round the corner, I don't know, like, all kind of shitting ourselves. Like, just waiting for, um, they were just having, had some guests so in So regimented, speaking. it was like, okay, when you, when you hear this, you go, and you walk on, and you start playing, and it's like, oh. It was just surreal, it was like, why are we here? Yeah. And it was like, apparently, like, the average viewing figures are like 100,000 or something, or Yeah, like, the week, the week after us was Metallica on that show, so, uh, in good company. Yeah. Well, they, they seem to love you in France, maybe off the back of that, that's, I've seen Even, you done... Quite, well, I mean, across Europe, like... Yeah, France, 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 France more than anywhere else. I think France more than here. Yeah? I mean, they, yeah, they really like it. I think something just about 
I think the French were always quite into the whole seventies and eighties actual, you know, the real punk scene. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, oh, you you sound like the Clash. Like when <laughs> no, I go they love they love a good comparison. Yeah. No, yeah. we always get all the um all the Clash. They called. They're the only people that say we sound like the Sex Pistols, and we don't sound anything like the Sex Pistols. There's yeah. a bit of attitude there. We oh, always yeah. we always get it. It's just like, oh, it's like the Sex Pistols. It's just like. Yeah. How, how do you feel about because you've probably been thrown loads of comparisons? I mean, I, I, I sort of proudly throw in the fall of Maya, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are those are, those are the two that are a lot more closer. There was definitely a period time. when we were like writing songs, like when we were doing the lick and stuff, where I was like obsessed with the fall. Yeah. That's kind of how that baseline came to be is just like weird, repetitive, I don't know, jarring sounds like that. I was really inspired by Marky e. Smith and stuff. I think I think you, you know your band's backing complemented with uh, Charlie's, Charlie's like, lyrics yeah, and delivery. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think we were both kind of listening to the full a lot at that time. But there's there's so many different things we're listening to as well throughout the whole time. So it's all kind of merged itself into one. Yeah, ugly little we've beast. gone through like phases of liking different new stuff that we yeah. hadn't really explored before, and you can hear it come through on the record, like uh, "Dust on Trial," which is the first tune on the record. We were listening to a lot of like girl band, yeah, stuff like that more industrial noise rocky side of things Love and we you know we were enjoying it so we thought why don't we write a song like this yeah and um i was, I was gonna ask as well like i feel like the record you know a big part of what you do is 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 the live show you know from seeing you at that point and and seeing you since then um and it feel i, I feel like the album's kind of captured that live intensity you know with your unified ability to write great songs i mean was that was that difficult you know, when you went in the studio to yeah. record to... Yeah, that's all. That's always been a big thing. Because we've always been a live band. That's the thing. Cause yeah. We've always had people being like, oh, you guys are great. You know, like, you're such a great live band. It's so much fun going down to see you. Like, we'd never actually had, like, many records out that were, like, anywhere near sort of the the intensity or, like, what, what people were expecting from afterwards. So it was great to finally find the producers who yeah. produced the album, Dan and Nathan, who, like... We finally felt with us, yeah. These guys, Dan Fote and Nathan Body, yeah. they're like they're called local hero together. Yeah. But they've they've kind of mainly done electronic stuff before. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so it was it was kind of interesting going in with that. I remember that Charlie sort of, saying like they they sort of in a bit of a different world, but you, yeah. the way you work with them just seemed to click. Well, yeah, it, it was just, just like it's just like doing it to a click, bass and drums first, going and then just layering everything over it like again and again and just getting. I don't know, an, an interesting sound, something that's very sort of hi-fi in a way. But, yeah. like, I think that was important for catch, capturing the energy because it meant, like, you could make out all the different parts as well as, like, having, like, fat bass and drums. Yeah, you know? well, you don't, I suppose you don't want it to sound too regimented and too kind yeah. of, like, Yeah, but stiff. it was, it's weird because it was very regimented in a way, though. It was almost more regimented than we ever thought it was going to be yeah. like it was very much like we did everything to a click track yeah. like did bass and drums first together it wasn't like oh just throw them in a room like yeah. get get we tried that many many a time with other producers that's because that's how everyone presumes it a would band work. like us would you know it works you slip you know slaps all in a room we all turn up to fucking 11 and go for it and then we go in the producer's room and it sounds great and that never happened yeah. once yeah it always just it just sounds but, like this sludgy mess and like the intricacies of the tracks are just lost yeah and yeah. That's, why, that's why yeah it's important to have that difference between your live show and your recording yeah, yeah, yeah. I think no. obviously not for every band I think some bands like there are great examples of bands just going in like the fool and just bushing it out 
and well, yeah, the, I suppose there's, there's, you know, you could play a song off the album live and, you know, sort of indulge in, in wigging out on the end of it or yeah. play about with it or, you know, does, it's not exact as it was on the sometimes record. Sometimes it just, the, the like, I don't know, the impact of what you hear live doesn't translate if yeah. you just put it straight on a record. Yeah. But do, do you feel like your live performances have, have changed at all since going back a year to now or do you just not go out really. there and do it, approach not it, not whether, whether it's no, thousands of people or a hundred people? Absolutely not nothing since has Not since like three years ago. Yeah, once we kind of, it was maybe the second or third gig or maybe fourth where Steen started doing all, what he did and yeah, I never, never stopped. I, <laughs> no, just, just, I had no idea he was going to go on and actually be like a front man. It was never... I think he was hanging off the truck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And... Yeah. It's weird. I was I was in like his class in year seven. Uh, it's just the weirdest fucking picture of me. You see it. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, like just, I don't know, like it's, it's just really weird. And Eddie and like Sean known him for a long time. Just people I'd never thought I'd be playing music with. Like... They, Eddie's always been a good guitarist, but he's like, I don't know, we've just never... Yeah, I, I tried to get Eddie to start a band for years. I've known Eddie since we were kids, and he's always played guitar, and he was never having any of it yeah. until we turned about 16. And, and also... Then it was like, oh, maybe we should do something. I was also in music class with Charlie Steen, and he was getting... He got, like, 25% in the exam, <laughs> which was the lowest in the year. So, you know... Well, you know, I think maybe you should send the copy of the record to music teacher yeah, at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this! Yeah. <laughs> Um, when, when I was researching different articles and interviews, you know, to ask some questions before your shoplifting choices, which are coming up, there's two things that always seem to get asked. And what, I mean, one of which is is this South London scene and and the windmill and that scene. being, a, you know, I, I suppose everyone's always wary of calling anything a scene, but it it seems like something that's been a healthy thing yeah. for shame. And, yeah. And and where does it stand now, like? You guys still it's, put a night on? Well, the, night, that's, the, that's the weird thing is it's kind of like it. It was I don't know two years ago. It was ve- it was it was great for us. Like when we were starting out, and for the first like two years of being a band, we were putting on loads of shows and like playing playing shows with like Sorry and Goat Girl and bands like that. Ever, like, it was just a back before you know it all started kicking off with the bands and it all became a bit real and we all got record deals and stuff. You know, it was just. Down the windmill every weekend, putting yeah. on shows, watching our mates' bands, and then just fun. I think that's still going on, but it, we're we're just we're just on tour. All yeah, the time. yeah, yeah. So so there's all these new bands like yeah. There's out. there's oh. a, there's like we we disappeared for most of summer, and we come back, and there's all these new bands that are playing the windmill. Great, I haven't seen any new bands. Yeah, like Black Midi, who are great. Sister Talk, really good. Nervous post-punk. conditions. Nervous conditions. Yes. Like there's just this whole new wave of bands that just come out of nowhere. It's it, but that's great, that's man. the weird it's thing great. is because the wind like the windmill has just naturally churned out more and more great artists. Yes, yeah. and like ho- I, sp- I, I suppose more than anything, it's just giving providing a place for, yeah, for bands to find some, out who they are. Some and them. bullshit pay to play. You got to bring down fifty mates if you want to play here, and you got to sell eight pound tickets to all of them. It's not. Which it's not has like, happened to people we know. Yeah, you know the pay to play, pay to play promoters. You're treated well market. there, and you know the windmill is just a, a judgment free zone. Where I, I think you can play of... with three bands that sound nothing like your band, yeah, but still have a good time. Yeah, yeah. Just inspiration as well. <laughs> <laughs> the other, the other thing that always seems to come up in questioning is, is 
sort of poli- the politics in, in, in shame and, and, and your lyrics, obviously, Visa Vulture. And do, you ever, do you ever get nervous about bringing politics in, into no. your music or do you think it's, it's too important for that? I, I don't understand if anyone... I d- no. If no. you have to know, we yeah. just don't get nervous at all. I mean, if you've t- like looked us on, looked us up on Facebook or have know who we are at all, you know that politics is a big part of who we are. Yeah, and we wear it on our sleeves, and so yeah, which I think is is massively refreshing. Do you know what I mean? It's, but it's 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 the thing. The the crazy thing is, is that we just like it kind of when we go get interviewed in France it's like oh you're leading the line for like young like left-leaning political like political movement in a way and it, it's 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 weird to me because I feel like there should be a lot lot more people who are just vocal about their opinions yeah like online and shouldn't be like afraid of I don't know alienating people yeah. if you're passionate yeah. about something I mean the only reason you're asking us this about this right now is because not many bands do it and it shouldn't be like a noteworthy thing yeah that yeah. we're talking our politics it like obviously it's great but it's great but it shouldn't be like a oh my god this band believes in something and has views <laughs> yeah like stop the press <laughs> whoa yeah. whoa we've got an opinion over here yeah. Yeah. it's just it's just a part of who we are and it's just not something we've ever thought to shy away but, from yeah but it's weird also because like most of our songs aren't very political either uh, we've got Visa Vulture, and that's like a big statement about something that was happening at the time. But There's like a, most of the, uh, it's not like we've gone commentary and written. Yeah. Than anything is, I think, is a more, more fitting description for yeah. the music. I mean, I, not many of us. It's, we're not like idols who will go out and explicitly call out the Tories, which is obviously great. Yeah, don't think it's particularly our style to go that full throttle in. Well, we think, have. We have. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> in a very tongue-in-cheek manner, but. I just think us having it on our sleeves. Yeah, so it's, no, it's having just, strength and integrity no, and, yeah. and the passion of uh, what you what, what you believe. Like, long may it continue. Anyway, let's move on to Shout. your shoplifting choices. Oh yeah, who's going first? What's your first shoplifting choice? I have got um, Omni's new record, Multitask, which came out earlier this year. I think it was early autumn. I wanted to get their debut album, Deluxe, but I could not find it in the shop. Um, these guys are from Atlanta. And we met them earlier this year. They make this like really tightly wound post-punk, really jaggedy, but also kind of groovy. All the songs are like two minutes long. Yeah. Like I don't think there's a song on this record that's over three minutes. It's great. They're, it was it was these really short jolts of really nice intricate guitar work. There's yeah. really nice interplay, which is something we like to do sometimes. Songs like Concrete of Ours. I like to do that sometimes. Yeah, we like to do some, uh, <laughs> some intricate guitar work sometimes. It's just um It's a great record. It's definitely preferred the first. Yeah, yeah. This is a little but bit more polished. There's, nice. there's elements of Devo in this second one. I yeah, think, right? but, no, I feel it. But um, yeah, yeah. I, st- I still enjoyed the record and I still listen to it and it's got some really good tunes on it. So this is my first pick is Omni Deluxe. Multitask. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to pick a track and we'll, and we'll play? Equestrian, I reckon. I reckon we're going to go for Equestrian, which is the lead single off of it and probably the best tune.
So your second shoplifting choice, what have you gone for? All right. So what I've gone for is a band that uh, actually Charlie here next to me uh, introduced me to. It's a band called Protomata. They just released this album, uh, Relatives in Descent. And uh, it's a band I've been really into since uh, I listened to the Agent Intellect, which they released in like 2015. And that's just like an album full of just like kind of post-punk, sort of dancey, sort of emotional bangers, but like just really like... <laughs> I don't know, It's the production's really, like, punchy, and it's, I don't know, I just thought the, the melodies and everything on top of the rhythms is just so incredible. And uh, this this new album is a lot, it's a lot more of a harder listen, I reckon, yeah, than, than the earlier stuff. Like, I haven't, I haven't, like, been playing it on repeat like I did the other ones. I kind of sit down, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to put on Relatives in Descent and try and listen to it. So um, I think the song that, that can be a good thing sometimes. You yeah, know, you need a little bit more time. We're, no, we're actually this, uh, it's we're going on tour with them in the US uh, during our US tour in. Amazing. Well, yeah, I was, I was chatting no, to them about no. you guys when in here when they oh, came to they, uh, a shoplifting. Yes, a oh, shoplifting wow. podcast, yeah. and uh, that was my album of the year uh, for that last year. Really? Yeah, yeah. 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 It's up, I'd say it's one of it. yeah. It's one of my favourites. Yeah, I went to pick it, and Josh had already picked it up. They're such nice dudes as well. You'll, you'll I've heard. Enjoy yeah. This is lovely as well, the, the little booklet you get with oh, the LP+. I saw, Plus, I saw it in the, um, in the cellophane the other day. It's uh, uh, all of Joe's kind of lyrics. Um, yeah, I think he's really cool. Yeah. Whole, <laughs> if, you, if you look at him, uh, if you look at videos and then playing live, he's really, like, like really shy. He's like, in he the zone, isn't he? He's, he like, he's just in his little zone. He gets doesn't through like, doesn't like looking at the audience. gets through like 10 cans during the show. <laughs> but yeah, like, he, but like, he always in has some in his pockets. Yeah, I think it's very yeah. Well, should we have a track from there? What are you gonna? Yeah, play? I'm. I'm gonna go for "Don't Go to Anacita."
Cool. Okay, so your third shoplifting choice. What have you gone for? I have picked up uh, Pavement, Bright in the Corners, which is now my favourite Pavement album, even though it changes all the time. But at the moment, this is my favourite. Um, this is the fourth one after Wowie Zowie. And Wowie Zowie saw them go back to a bit of a the slanted and enchanted era kind of like kind of skit like songs it's, it's like a double album there's like 2018 or something tracks in there they're all really short and kind of weird but this uh this album sees them come back to you know some really fully formed songs really nice kind of ballady tunes on this one um so it sounds like a band that have always been quite close to your heart oh uh, yeah they're my favorite band i yeah. do love i do love them yeah um I could have picked any of their records, really. I was kind of debating which one I was going to go for, but... Are they someone you listened to when, when you were kind of learning to play yourself? Uh, no, or? It, was, it, was a, it was a... Later on? It was a lot of... Pavement, drum-wise, is Guitar-wise? Guitar-wise, yeah. Guitar it's, quite, it's yeah. great. Yeah. But, um, I don't really yeah. listen to the drums. That's the one thing I think about a lot, the drums and pavement. You know, they're, they're good, but it's not something I listen to. They, on my well, sometimes that's serve, nice as a drummer, to have nice, those albums where like, you... This would sound... They, they, I think they this music would sound ridiculous with pavement. Yeah. This would sound stupid with like really intricate drum beats, like. But um, yeah. So I picked this. So Perfect. Pick. What track? And what track would you? Um, I'm gonna go for Blue Hawaiian. This house is a home, and a home's where I belong Where the feelings are warm, and the foundations are strong If my soul has a shape, well, then it is an ellipse And this slap is a gift, cause your cheeks have lost their luster You know your cheeks have lost their luster You know your cheeks have lost their luster
Great. Okay, so your fourth shoplifting choice. All right. My uh, my shoplifting choice here, I've actually gone a bit off the beaten track and I've gone for the Twin Peaks soundtrack. I've actually just watched through the first series of this for the first time. Yeah. And uh, I think my favourite thing about it was that intro song, you know, when it's, it comes in and it's that... I, I don't, it's some sort of electric piano sound, like quite uh, I don't know, what like a clav sort of sound, like doom, 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 doom. yeah, yeah. It's just like, and it's. I remember I listened to the soundtrack a while ago as well, because Angelo Badalamenti, Angelo Badalamenti always does like really great soundtracks for all these different David Lynch things. Yeah, and um, I think it's kind of got me back into trying to get good at the piano again. Oh, well. No, I wasn't very good before. Yeah. But, like, I've kind of <laughs> lost a bit of touch with it. So I think I'm just going to, like, I don't know, take this home someday and yeah. learn it all. Well, again, it's, it's kind of nice to have a t- completely different sonic palette to kind of, I suppose, whatever you're playing. It's and... just such a good sound. Yeah. Like, the, just it's the quite sound other world on it. Like. Yeah. And I watched this video of him with David Lynch on YouTube, them just talking about it. And how he was just sitting there and they were discussing the topic of the show and like how how David was just like explaining it to him and he was just like rising the piano chords. He's like, What about this? What about this? And David was like, Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> and so um yeah, I think I'm gonna go for the main theme of Twin Peaks. <laughs>
Okay, great. So, um, so that's that's everything for shoplifting with shame. Apart oh. from we need to um, cough me. Well, I need to congratulate you and, and thank you for coming in. Uh, oh, congratulations so on on a, a beautiful record. I think it's beautiful. really strong. No, I think there's something you know really genuine and sincere about the record thank and you, about man. you boys. So keep it going. That's very and, um, kind. It's very kind. Would you like to play? A, a track from the album. Would you oh, like to pick one? Oh, weird, so weird. I tell you what, on, on three, you pick one and see if you oh, hit the same shit. one. Oh, shit. One, two, three. Uh, oh, Does, yeah. Mm, mm, I don't know. All right, cut. Uh, uh, one, two, two, two dust, on, dust trial. on trial. <laughs> let's, go, let's go with the opener. We'll go with let's the go, opening yeah. track, Dust on Trial. Great. Here it is.
Rough Trade Radio. Reviews and subscriptions help to support what we do. So if you like what you hear, then please rate us on iTunes.